G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, as we do on a Monday, we love to touch base with the Australian Christian Lobby, monitoring the political agenda for the week ahead. Today, the Chief Political Officer for the ACL, Dan Flynn, joining us. Hi, Dan. Welcome back to 2020. Thanks very much, Neil. Great to be here. Hey, Dan, let's start with those developments that are happening in Victoria and uh, really increasing in New South Wales. Coronavirus making a huge impact. Uh, Just before we get into any sort of political agenda type things, I know Victoria is typically your home state. I'm talking to you today from Canberra, which is your home away from home in that sense. But uh, what are your feelings about the developments that are going on in Victoria? Well, thanks for bringing that up first, Neil. I I think this is something that as Christians across the nation, we really should be praying into. Just the very idea that yesterday in Victoria, there were 10 deaths um, and 459 new cases. Um, That's that's got to grab our attention. Um, You know, we we really need to pray. We need to pray for uh, this uh, disease to be quashed. We need to pray for our healthcare workers, uh, for our premiers and for our prime minister. Uh, this is um, a time that is really gripping our nation, um, uh, both in terms of health and economy, and um, it's incumbent upon us to pray. Uh, these are urgent times, and I'm, I'm grateful for you bringing it up first up, Neil. It's the, it is definitely the biggest political issue, um, um, coronavirus uh, and the lives of um, so many Australians. Well, sometimes we say, what should I pray for? Well, there's some things that are obvious, and it's not a wrong thing to pray for coronavirus to be stopped in its tracks and for protection of people right around Australia and, of course, uh, praying for our political leaders and for those health workers who are on the front line and, in some sense, you might say here, Dan, risking their lives for our protection. Hey, let's move on. Uh, casting some sight across to Perth, uh, where there's been some issues around the idea of cancelling Christmas. Uh, give us some insight here into what's been developing in Perth. This is hard to believe, Neil, but the city of Perth that is run by three commissioners has cancelled the Christmas nativity production that has run every year for the last 10 years or so in Perth. And uh, the commissioners have stated that they don't think this is inclusive and have devised some other, you know, sort of um, concerts instead. Uh, now, Peter Abetz, who is the deputy mayor of a municipality in Western Australia, is very close to the action here, uh, and uh, we are uh, appealing to these commissioners uh, to reinstate Christmas. This is about really taking Christ out of Christmas. It's something you might uh, expect to see in some sort of movie, but here it is in our very city of Perth. These commissioners are not elected, so it's very hard to put political pressure on them, uh, but we will still try. We'll still work at it and engage our supporters to do that. Uh, Peter Abetz is um, devising an appropriate campaign for our Western Australian supporters now. But it is stunning that you would see that um, you know, uh, start almost this early in the year uh, to talk about cancelling Christmas 
it's something that's very concerning to our supporters. And I think there's a petition people can sign as well. So far as those Perth listeners, you might like to search out that petition that can be sent to the people who are looking to cancel Christmas. Hey, let's talk South Australia for a few moments. Uh, The ACL is alerting the South Australian media to a bill that bans silent prayer near abortion clinics. What's happening there, Dan? It's almost a similar theme, isn't it? That um, the prayer is has been explicitly stated by the a member of parliament who's bringing this bill in, silent prayer to be banned outside of abortion clinics. So this is not talking about anybody approaching anybody, just participating in silent prayer. Being a, a Christian witness uh, who uh, may um, uh, be seen by uh, a mother going in to have an abortion, uh, that is banned. Uh, so obviously uh, that this bill is still being debated. Uh, it was being debated last week and has now been adjourned till September. Um, you know, for example, we uh, texted our supporters in relevant electorates to contact their MP on Thursday. Uh, that uh, took place. Uh, so in very sort of granular um, grassroots ways, we are putting relevant pressure on the MPs to vote against this legislation. It's very important to activate the grassroots uh, to these people who are elected and who are responsive to political pressure. And it's very unlikely, Dan, that people who are in a place of prayer uh, within whatever boundary there might be around an abortion clinic, that somehow or other they're there to cause distress and anxiety, which is the criticism often levelled at uh, people who are uh, looking to the welfare of uh, women who may be going to those sorts of clinics. What are your thoughts on the idea of, you know, it's it's really, it's thought control. It's banning even the idea of thinking about God within 150 metres of an abortion clinic. It's uh, it's actually, it's ridiculous. It absolutely is. And it's, um, uh, you know, those who, um, you know, counsel women outside of abortion clinics, um, you know, we're not talking about that, although we completely defend that. Um, that uh, point um, may not succeed in the South Australian Parliament, given the numbers. But we are very hopeful that an amendment will get up that actually allows silent prayer. So that's that's the front that we're fighting on in South Australia, to see silent prayer outside of the clinic retained. It may not seem much, uh, but in the political reality of the numbers in that Parliament, uh, that is something we think we can achieve. People on the left with these sorts of agendas, Dan, this same South Australian Labor MPs also tabled a bill targeting LGBT conversion therapy. What's the story there? Well, again, um, you know, this is all part of a, a leftist agenda, an anti-Christian agenda. And, you know, with, with um, uh, COVID, you know, fulfilling, you know, filling all the headlines, these things continue uh, these activists continue. So Martin Niles is really probably one of the greatest thought leaders on this in the country at the moment. He says that the idea of conversion therapy, uh, it's a hoax and an anti-religion dog whistle. That um, conversion therapy raises a spectre of, of torture and so forth. So uh, good people are against it, including church ministers. But um, what it tries to prevent is um, Christians being able to uh, get counselling about their sexuality, uh, it would prevent uh, parents affirming a gender-confused child in that child's natal sex. 
that child would be deemed to be, um, um, sorry, that parent would be deemed to be someone involved in family violence. These are the sorts of things that are attached to this bill, and we're particularly concerned for the church's rights to preach a biblical view of marriage and sexuality. So we'll fight that front. It's not a popular fight, Neil, but um, and it's not popular because the title of the bill, um, you know, gay conversion therapy, sounds like something that people ought to be against. Um, the truth is we ought to be very wary of um, any such um, uh, campaign to silence us as Christians. Well, honour to, you know, your boss, uh, Martin Isles, the Managing Director, and you're the Chief Political Officer, Dan Flynn, and uh, you do bring real clarity to a lot of these issues that are confronting us all around Australia. And when this culture war is going on, uh, there are battles to be fought. And one of those things that tends to happen, and new terminology that's come to light more significantly just in recent times, this idea of a cancel culture, that if you get on the wrong side of the politically correct uh, cultural Marxist regime that wants to uh, have their own you know, utopian vision fulfilled, uh, then you can risk being cancelled. And people get fearful of this idea that I'll be rejected if I actually speak up and speak some common sense and say what's right. Uh, There's been a a bit of uh, conversation happening just recently. Martin Isles taken on that idea of cancel culture. What are your thoughts on things developing in, in this area? The concern about this cancel culture is that somebody could be cancelled by mistakenly stating something that's different to the the settled narrative. And whether you're on the left or the right of politics, um, whether you're in education, uh, whether you're in entertainment, um, these things can um, uh, limit you severely. Uh, J.K. Rowling, for example, um, for not agreeing with uh, the transgender movement, uh, is being cancelled. I heard of a situation this morning where a feminist group that has some facilities at the city of Sydney is being told that they will not be able to continue to operate at the Sydney of, in the city of Sydney um, if they maintain their view that um, um, males are different to females and that the transgender theory is incorrect. Now, that's a group of feminists. So they're people, they're, they're not Christian, but they have a uh, biological view of sex. Uh, they're being cancelled by the city of Sydney. So uh, we uh, that has come to light this morning, um, and we are uh, investigating that with, with appropriate lawyers uh, and appropriate media to shine a light on this issue. So that's an example of how cancel culture can affect anybody. Well, cancel culture applies too, especially when it comes around the issues of Black Lives Matter. And uh, there is a freedom of speech issue here. The latest developments, the New South Wales Supreme Court has backed police action banning a Black Lives Matter protest on community safety coronavirus grounds. Uh, What are your thoughts on the latest developments there? Look, I think that's 100% appropriate. Uh, You know, as we opened, uh, we're in very dangerous times with coronavirus and the risk of spread. So uh, it's appropriate that is banned. It's really appropriate that those people uh, who attend have been told we will issue fines. We will issue probably 500 fines. And you want to be part of the first 500, was how the police put it. And I would highlight, Neil, that was very different to how the Victorian Premier approached the Black Lives Matter uh, protest some uh, six weeks ago in Victoria, 
uh, where the, they said, well, we will, not, we will not be finding people. We may find the three organisers. And so people were free to go. They turned up in droves. And uh, there has been some infection as a result of people being at that protest. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad uh, that the court has made this ruling. Uh, that's an appropriate thing for public health and safety. Uh, we'd be very supportive of that. Let's talk for a few moments about who can meet and who can't, uh, because in the United States, uh, there's uh, you know a result that doesn't bind Australians, of course, but uh, issues around casinos and churches, because there's a Nevada church that's lost its U.S. Supreme Court challenge to reopening their church on similar grounds to casinos. Now, a lot of churches around the country are opening and uh, meeting very uh, freely in so many respects. Of course, that's not going to be the case in Victoria, and it's going to be increasingly difficult by the sound of it from New South Wales, uh, places like Queensland and Western Australia. There's lots of churches meeting. But this ruling in the U.S., I, I suspect uh, it has a message for Christian believers in Australia. What are your thoughts around that U.S. Supreme Court ruling? It's very concerning, this Supreme Court ruling that ruled 5-4, that um, uh, large casinos can operate to 50% capacity, uh, whereas uh, a church gathering can only have up to 50 worshippers. Uh, the uh, four dissenting judgments uh, wrote excellent judgments, uh, simply saying, look, the uh, spread of this, the human contact is as high or higher in casinos, pubs and clubs as it is in churches. And uh, sadly, the ruling um, went against the church on this. And we need to watch out for this in Australia because uh, as various states open up, it's essential, and we've been following this um, on a weekly basis, it's essential that the churches uh, are able to open up in the same way that other public venues are uh, so that there is no uh, sense that uh, freedom of religion is restricted, that people of faith are less important, uh, that the uh, taxpayer revenue that comes from these casinos is not prioritised over people's right to worship. So uh, we, will, we will watch for the implications of this uh, in the various Australian jurisdictions. Hey, Dan, while we're talking overseas, uh, a very concerning development happening uh, where a Dutch MP is now proposing that those who are tired of life, who feel they've completed life, should be able to access euthanasia. I mean, isn't that like the ultimate uh, end of the slippery slope uh, when you've got that sort of thing happening on the euthanasia issue? Look, it absolutely is. Neil, I'm glad you've raised it. Uh, euthanasia is a pressing issue uh, in South Australia, Queensland, uh, New South Wales. Uh, these uh, jurisdictions are... Uh, pressing for it, uh, the group dying with dignity is pressing for it, and we see uh, overseas uh, that in this uh, uh, Dutch parliament that there's a member of parliament who's tabling a bill that anybody who's over the age of 75 who feels that they've come to the end of their life um, and have a wish to die can ask for euthanasia and get it. So uh, that's extremely concerning and it, it indicates where this goes. Uh, that for a very long time, uh, the uh, Dutch jurisdiction has had euthanasia with safeguards, but now we see those safeguards are being abandoned uh, in the idea that someone has a completed life. This is anti-life. Uh, this will make people who are 
approaching 75 have to consider their options. There'll be pressure from family. There'll be coercion. Um, uh, this is a devaluing of human life uh, that we must watch out for at the end of life uh, here as we do at the beginning of life in the womb. Um, people at the most vulnerable need to be protected, and that's our job as Christians to pray and to act in this political space. Well, Dan Flynn, good insights today, encouragement for listeners to be aware of what's coming, even if that's not here right straight away. But these things are a result of what you do when you let a little bit of, you know, you know, open the door a little and, uh, and uh, all of a sudden it's flung wide open. But uh, I'll encourage listeners uh, to get more detail, uh, become well-resourced. Uh, read what you can, listen to what you can. Uh, let me just encourage you to visit the ACL, Australian Christian Lobby, website. It's acl.org.au, and uh, a lot of great campaigns that are going, insights into the developments that are going on around the nation. Dan Flynn, the Chief Political Officer for the Australian Christian Lobby. Uh, Dan, thanks so much for the update today. So it's acl.org.au for listeners, acl.org.au. Dan, thanks for being with us once again today on 2020. That's my pleasure, Neil. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 